This is one of those questions um, that just even a few years ago, if that would have just sent me, I don't know, not running away, but saying, what's this guy on? Question is, how many of our friends' minds are owned by the party? And if it's a bunch of them, do we have any hope? And what can we do to protect our kids and ourselves? How do we give ourselves psychological immunity from the party? The Todd Herman Show is 100% disapproved by big pharma, technocrats, and tyrants everywhere. Now... From the high mountains of free America, here's the Emerald City Exile, Todd Herman. Today is in fact the day the Lord has made, and these are the times through which God has decided we shall live, and uh, uh, I don't know if I should tell you this. Well, now that I've said that, I got to tell you this. Second time I've recorded this podcast. Uh, <laughs> check twice, cut once. This is my grandpa. Uh, Toto, check twice, cut once. My grandpa was not Joe Biden. I can't do my grandpa's voice. It makes me sad. You know what? I can't remember it. I can remember his face and um, his hands and his mustache and his weird Christmas tie with the lights in it. And the clock in his basement in his uh, wet bar that was uh, all fives. And then it said, the happy hour begins at five. But I can't remember my grandpa's voice. I can remember the things he said. Can't remember that. It's the second time. Uh, so we'll get, to, we'll get right down to business. I did share with you earlier when I recorded it the first time, because I'm stupid, um, that we've had so much snow here that I had the wonderful experience of going out and shoveling snow. And I actually don't mind snow shoveling. But once I shoveled my driveway, which is lengthy, we're blessed with a long driveway. And then I went down to shovel the driveway of our older, I was going to say elderly, but that's, you know, I mean, yeah, they're older than us, um, to our neighbor's driveway. By the time I, I finished, I literally was like 15 square feet done or left, left from done on her driveway and it began snowing again. And that happened again. It happened at dinner time. It was a repeat Groundhog Day. And now during Groundhog Day, I'm recording the same podcast again because I didn't measure twice and cut once. I can't remember my grandpa's voice. It's a a double tragedy. So here's the thesis of the day. I think more people have been programmed by the party than we ever understood. And I believe that God has given us the code to take back our minds and the minds back of our, of our well, not we can't take our, our relatives' minds back, our friends' minds back, but there is a code for this because God it caused code to exist in our body. We are codable. As the technocrats know, uh, they know we're codable. They love, they love coding us. We're just a great big block of things in their internet of things. But we're blessed with neuroplasticity and people's minds have been programmed. You know, people have been programmed to believe, well, in America, we've got a free press. You do? Really? I mean, yeah, on a legal basis, you do. Unless you're James O'Keefe and then the New York Times goes after you. I mean, in that case, then the government goes after you um, and then they crush you, which they're trying to do to O'Keefe. And he's doing a great job of defending himself. But we're trained to believe, no, no, American journalists, uh, tough group, they ask the tough question. No, they, they don't. And it's gone beyond that. But even here's a real key. I mean, just a real key indicator of this. 
it took us getting crushed to wake up and go, wow, pharma companies aren't our friends. That's our, us as a family. My wife knew before I did. Well, she knew long before I did. Or, wow, to, to go through this, this bruising experience in teen and adolescent mental health and family mental health to come out and go, wow, wow, you can't trust any therapists in the separate country of Washington State without deep investigation into them. You can't, you can't, you can't. And I was programmed, no, no, no. My dad was a social worker and master's in social work. And I've had a great therapist for years and she's fantastic and she's liberal, but she's very, eth- no. No, I was programmed. That's what you believe. And public health authorities, I mean, they have public health officials. So, you know, it's public health. That's all they do is public health. Well, now we know. But I think our friends and neighbors are programmed in ways we don't know. So, or, or haven't understood till this point. So God laid out in scripture how we give ourselves psychological immunity. I mean, this is really cool. How do you get psychological immunity from the party? It's right in the Bible. See, the party is doing, everything the party is doing is in reverse to God's word and God's desire. Everything. So with that and with that knowledge, you can use the design God gave us, this neuroplasticity to fight against this, to give yourself psychological immunity. Joshua 1.8, keep this book of the law always on your lips, meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you'll be prosperous and successful. Now that's written prior to the coming of the Lord Jesus. And this is about the Mosaic law. And then people went nuts with the law. They started adding things to the law. It says, don't work on a Sabbath. What are you doing picking up your mat? Oh, well, the Lord Jesus told me to pick up my mat and he just, he just secured me from walking. Yeah, but that's working. So you can go nuts with that stuff as the Pharisees and the Sadducees did. But keeping the word in your mind and keeping God's word locked in your mind is a defense system against the, the party. Here's a, for instance, well, we'll get to this. Let me get to the, for instance, I'm going to use Hannah Nicole Jones as a great great way to show how we can give our kids psychological immunity through the word of God. Psalm 119, verse 11. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Now, look, I am testimony to this. I had no idea how often I act pridefully. And it's subtle, man. It's subtle. You know, I've had this, I had the sinus surgery. Thank you for all the prayers. And I have my today, this, this later this afternoon, uh, as you're hearing this, I will get my nose. I'll get the, all the stuff, the, the packing out of my nose, all the surgical packing. I'm very confident it's all going to be gone. And so I'll be able to breathe. So I finally went on my, my beloved weighted hikes up very snowy Tubbs Hill, up some very steep hills with a hundred pounds in my back. I love it. It's a Zen for me. It's relaxation for me. To me, it's not, it's not strenuous. It's fun. Um, but as I was coming down Tubbs Hill in Coeur d'Alene, there were some young people in front of me and you know what, you know what happened to me? I thought I, I'm going to catch them. I'm going to catch them on the snowy trail and the ice and the old man will pass them. And yeah, it's competitive, but it's also prideful. They weren't racing anybody. And probably if I walk past him, it's like, that's a crazy old man. He could slip and fall and break a hip out here. Or maybe just, dude thinks we're racing him. We'll smoke him. That was pride. 
So keeping the word of God, I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. That's man, that's potent. And I'm using it daily and I'm, I'm a worse sinner than most of you. So I need it daily. One more, Matthew 10, 29, 31. And not two are end are not two sparrows sold for a penny. Yet not one of them will fall to the ground outside your father's care. Even the very hairs in your head are all numbered. So don't be afraid. You're worth more than many sparrows. And that is also psychological immunity as we keep this in our hearts. And we've got to keep this stuff in our hearts. The neuroplasticity works this way. It is so potent that you, when, if, if, to, to explain this phrase, you can change the shape and function of your brain. So think of this. Let's say, for instance, your car. Let's say, ah, oh, no. Ah, oh, no, I blew a fuse in my car. Headlights won't work. Blown fuse and I don't have one. Well, just use neuroplasticity. What? Well, just stare at your car and rewire the switch to another way to get to the light bulbs. What? That's what you can do with your brain. This has been proven in, in, in peer-reviewed studies, or at least studies submitted for peer-reviewed. They've got to be through peer-reviewed now. It's a long time ago they were submitted. And the evidence was that even with people with traumatic brain injuries who had lost, for instance, the ability to read, that by working with them to build new pathways in the brain, hey, that pathway's gone because you got shot in Iraq. So that part of your brain is gone. Let's use, use a new portion of your brain. Let's use that. And it works. So for all of our friends who've been programmed by the party, there's a way out of this. It's neuroplasticity. God has given us the ability to do this. Dr. Carolyn Leaf in Switch in Your Brain writes so eloquently about this. And my pastor has another book. He's assigned um, some of us to read. I, don't, I forget the name of it because I'm not neuroplastic. Hey, you know what? You can get in touch with us if you are a business owner who has the capacity to serve a national audience. We had a discussion with the sales team today uh, and with my team. And I let them know that I want to work very, very hard to build businesses. Because of this audience, we have doubled our downloads. Even with all the problems with Spotify, and again, I, I truly don't believe Spotify is doing anything bad to us. I, I think it's just, it's tech ghosts. But if you can serve a national audience and produce product at national levels and you are a good moral and, and I would hope godly company, and I'm not saying you have to go out and say, hey, we're a godly soap company, but if you are a great company that way, I want to help build businesses with some of the inventory that we have in the program. And I'll, I'll let you know that when we speak for businesses, um, it works because of this audience so incredibly loyal. And we work so hard to make sure the businesses we work with match up with them. So just go to the go to the, the Get in touch with us. You and I will speak personally about that. I'm already working with an author to see if I might be able to endorse his book. And it's very, very cool. So it's ToddHermanShow.com. So the psychological immunity and neuroplasticity. I want to give some examples of where this would be super, super useful for us because the party has gone beyond just bias and they've gotten down to being malfeasant. They've gone beyond bias, partisan hackery, and they've gotten into the programming of minds of people. 
And so it's very, very important that we recognize this and that we recognize that having a defense against psychological programming starts with our kids because the goal, and don't make any mistake about this, but we'll get into this next hour. The goal is to get to the kids because they're doing all of this programming. And here's the crazy thing is people ask me, well, why don't they change? The media companies are dying. New York Times down 34%. WAPO, Washington Post down 44%. CNN down 38%. Fox down 34%. MSNBC down 25%. So why don't they change? Why don't they stop being malfeasance? Why don't they stop being biased? We're going to explain that in the next hour, which requires some psychological immunity. That's where we're starting with psychological immunity. Okay, because we're going past partisan hackery, past Twitter's games on, on, on behalf of the Chinese Communist Party. And we are literally getting into media companies working to subvert the United States, as President Trump described it as being an enemy of the people, literally working to subvert American society or a civil society. And if you subvert a civil society, you're going to get an uncivil one. So that's going to be the second hour of the podcast today. The second one I'll have to re-record, by the way. We'll get it done. That's okay. This is Hannah Nicole Jones. You know her from 1619 fame, the 1619 Project fame. Now, she has been very successful at programming people and at using her, um, her, her, her influence to the New York Times to program people. And she wants her curricula put into the schools. It was going into the schools. Now, a bunch of schools have banned it from being used as curricula. They aren't banning her her writings or her books or anything like that. She says they are real slickly here, but that's not what they're doing. So we'll listen to her. Then how can psychological immunity help defend our kids and young people against Hannah Nicole Jones? This politicizing of this, uh, it's clearly been weaponized. You've described it, I think, pretty well on the weaponization of it. Do you think simply time will get us past this? How, how can we get over this hump? Um I don't know, honestly. I'm quite concerned about what's happening in our country because, as you know, my project, which is a work of journalism by the New York Times, is banned by name in Georgia, Florida, Mm -hmm. in Texas. Uh, There are efforts to ban the teaching of this history in Oklahoma and South Dakota, in Tennessee. And when we think about what type of society bans books or bans ideas. That is not a free and tolerant democratic society. That is a society that is veering towards uh, authoritarianism. So unless people who believe in free speech, who believe in uh, our children being intellectually challenged, begin to get organized and speak up, I think we're going into a dark age of of repression and suppression of the truth. Uh, And uh, really, um, these laws are paving the way uh, for the taking of other political rights, like voting rights, like women's reproductive rights, like uh, rights for LGBTQ people. Uh, so we're going to have to decide what kind of country we want to be. So what she did there is super slick. She pretends there that her work is being banned. False lie. It's not being banned anywhere. It is being said that it can't be used as curriculum. Why? Because it's fiction. She calls it an act of journalism. There are some, it's almost 3,000 historians, many of them, hardcore liberals saying this stuff is fiction. Here's the scratch and sniff test, ready? Did the founders of the United States of America, the settlers who came here, well, I shouldn't say settlers, but the Europeans who came here, 
did they say, hey, we need a place to own slaves? Let's go find the country where we couldn't own a bunch of slaves. No. That didn't happen. That's what she says happened. In 1619, people said, we need to be able to own slaves and we could only do that in this new piece of land. That's also false. Because there were indentured servants and slaves around the world. And incidentally, there's more of them now than there were then. And incidentally, you make more money with them now. Sex slavery is more profitable than drug trafficking. But Hannah Nicole Jones wants to reprogram people. So how is it then that we use psychological immunity? It's very simple. God said, love thy neighbor as thyself. And, and there's much more that God said, but let's just keep it on the simple, simple piece of this. You know, you can get more complex as you go along. Hey, God made everybody in his image. God made man and he um, He made the Garden of Eden. He said it's good. And then God said, well, it, it's not good because you're alone and you shouldn't be good. So God made Eve, right? And this is, this is the, how creation is communicated to us through the Bible. But God said, love thy neighbor as thyself. Psychological immunity. Teach our kids, love thy neighbor as yourself. Love is neither pride, it's not proud or boastful. It's not angry. It does not keep a list of grievances. I know I'm paraphrasing here. So in class or wherever they're at, when someone comes along and they present a hateful ideology in the 1619 project is a hateful ideology. It is the ideology of, 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 of craviness. It's the ideology of coveting. We covet what others have, and so we pretend it was stolen from us. We pretend we were all slaves, and so they're lying. Keeping the word of God hidden in your heart and in the hearts of your kids allows them to sit in class and have psychological immunity to this, to say, wow, she's telling me to hate my neighbor. Man, that goes against the word of God. And for true believers, that should chill us. Wait, did you just tell me to hate my neighbor? Now, of course, you're going to say, well, no, I'm just saying that your neighbor's hateful because they're white. Well, wait a minute. White people were made in the image of God. How are you better than anyone saying that black people were subhuman when they said that? In what way are you better? So that's one example. And the reason we need this is there is so much that the party is doing that requires us to have psychological immunity. So, for instance, here's here's an example. Hannah Nicole Jones there asked what sort of society we want. Fair enough. Good question. Do we want a society where Twitter, which pretends to be a platform, meaning, oh, well, we don't publish anything. We don't make any decisions. You know, we just take stuff down if it's threatening people. Really? Rita Panay, Panay, Panahi, did I say that? I feel awful. This is a big deal on Twitter. Twitter and 78,000 followers. Uh, she points this out. Of course, Twitter allows the Chinese Communist Party propaganda on its platform, including the celebration of a mass murdering monster, the same Twitter that banned a sitting U.S. president. And this is truly from the Global Times, Chinese Communist Party paper. Let's recall a warm and powerful smile on the 120th anniversary of the birth of the late CPC leader Mao Zedong. There he is. There's Mao, Chairman Mao, and he's smiling. There's Chairman Mao. Who sent millions and tens of millions of people to their death and he's smiling, yucking it up. And the psychological immunity is this. Wait a minute, you're not to put the thumbs on the scale. Wait, wait, God said use fair and equal measures. 
God said, hey, look, if you are measuring out currency, use fair and equal measures. If you're buying from people, don't go around weighting the scales. The further you hide God's word in your heart, the further you can look at this and go, wow, this is really, really against God's law. Furthermore, Mao Zedong, thou shalt not kill. That man was a rampant murderer. Donald Trump is orange. Orange and imperfect, but not a murderer. And that, by the way, is Twitter walking right up to the line of we're participating in the destruction of America. They are just getting right up to the line. That I'm quite trusted in yet that they're getting there. Now, if you want to see crossing it. And here's another example of using psychological immunity of the party against the party. Hide in your heart the word of God. And the more that we know of it, and I'm finding this so true. My daughter thinks I'm turning into Ned Flanders. Ned Flanders was ripped off. You know, do you remember the episode where he took his shirt off? Was he not yoked? I mean, come on now. It's, it's okay to have a Ned, Ned fancy. This is Twitter. I'm going to play something for you that got a guy suspended. Okay, my friend Justin Hart, the great data analyst we have on the program, the guy who calls out all the, the COVID lies and has now for over a year. This guy got suspended for Twitter from Twitter for 12 hours. All he did, his name is Aaron Ginn. It's uh, A-G-I-N-N-T on Twitter, at agent. He wrote the following. Let's go back in time to 32921. That's what he said. And then he quoted a piece of this audio. It means that instead of the vaccine being able, excuse me, it means for instead of the virus being able to hop from person to person to person to person, spreading and spreading, sickening some of them, but not all of them. And the ones that it doesn't sicken don't know they have it. And then they give it to even more people because they didn't recognize they were right. Instead of the virus being able to hop from person to person to person potentially mutating and becoming more virulent and drug resistant along the way. Now we know that the vaccines work well enough that the virus stops with every vaccinated person. A vaccinated person gets exposed to the virus. The virus does not infect them. The virus cannot then use that person to go anywhere else. It cannot use a vaccinated person as a host to go get more people. That means the vaccines will get us to the end of this. <laughs> if we just go fast enough to get the whole pot. <laughs> he got suspended for 12 hours for accurately quoting what a darling of Twitter said in March of last year, end of March. No, March this year. That got him suspended for 12 hours. Hours Now, I mean, it's just Twitter and it's just a suspension. And woe to those who make good evil and evil good and replace bitter with sweet or sweet with bitter. Woe to those. Now, Rachel Maddow could come back and correct herself and say, we were lied to, but she wasn't lied to. She participated in this. This isn't even yet the taking down of America. This is now, it's very close. This took people's lives. It's murderous. Thou shalt not kill. It's murderous. It's deceptive. It's treating others as you don't treat yourself. 
and the psychological community we can build for ourselves and our families is the word of God, which then allows us to be better at divining the truth. That the New York Times in this next piece is going to get right up to the edge of the line. They're going to put their toe on the line. And then they're going to lean their arm against the wall where the line is. And they're going to go, watch this. I'm, I'm, I'm right on the line here. I'm right on the line. This is from newsbusters.org. After the Portland riots, the New York Times suddenly finds FBI surveillance a bad thing. <laughs> you remember that the FBI very clearly worked within the Jan 6th environment to help encourage January 6th to happen, to help encourage people to break into the Capitol. You remember that? You remember Revolver.News, in my judgment, has completely proven this. They proved that there were people there taking down the barricades and no one stopped them. Knocking down the signs that said, don't go in there. No one stopped them. They got the guy up on the three-story tower telling the crowd, move forward, move forward, move forward. You got the guy who's almost effectively proven to be a Fed out there telling, we need to go into the Capitol, into the Capitol. They had assets on text with their FBI handlers as they walked into the Capitol. This was FBI's and an FBI operation. Okay, I'm not saying that they're the genesis of it. I am saying they were involved deeply. And the New York Times had no problem with that. But the New York Times is deeply concerned <laughs> that the FBI had infiltrated the crowd, Antifa and Black Lives Matter in Portland. And they write it this way. But there were others mingling in the crowd that day, plainclothes agents from the Federal Bureau of Investigation, tailing vandalism suspects to guide the local police towards arrests. The breadth of the FBI involvement in Portland and other cities where federal teams were deployed as street protests became a point of concern for some within the Bureau and the Justice Department who worried that it could undermine the First Amendment right to protest against the government. In Portland, Oregon, they made daily attempts to kill cops. In Portland, Oregon, they made some weekly attempts to burn down a federal courthouse with federal cops inside it. In Portland, Oregon, they committed a political murder on the streets of a Trump supporter. In Portland, Oregon, Antifa loosed themselves on a crowd of school kids celebrating, uh, was it Easter? It was Easter, Christian holiday, I believe. I think it was, yeah, it was Easter. And they went after them with IEDs, a bunch of fireworks tied together, and they blew one up in front of a, of a black kid whose mother spoke out. And you'd think white thugs attacking a black kid would be news in Portland, but it's not. That's the New York Times getting right up to the line. You better believe we're, we, we are okay with the FBI instigating January 6th, but we're not okay with them being aware of what the, of what the party's foot soldiers are doing. We insulate ourselves. God warned us about this. It has an opportunity for us to say to our kids, kids, this has happened time and again. Countries turn away from the Lord. This is how it goes. What has been the solution time and again? Countries turn back to the Lord. And you can go through the Bible as history. You can go through time after time. Israel was the first country founded by God. The United States was the first country, in my judgment, founded through the inspiration of God. Even with the theists and the craziness of Thomas Jefferson going through and cutting his Bible apart to remove anything miraculous, 
because he wasn't able to see a deity that could be miraculous. And the other deity or um, uh, the other deists who believe that God started the world and said, all right, have fun. I'm leaving. Which doesn't comport to me to, at all to a God that would leave behind a natural law and a desire we have to do right. But despite all that, I believe they were inspired. Why do I say that? Because when the United States followed the word of God, we had good fruits. The further we walk from the fruit of God, uh, the, the, the feet of God, the, 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 the word of God, the worse the fruits have become. Now the fruits are falling from the tree and he has warned us. He's warned civilization after civilization. Your cities are going to burn. Your fields are going to be taken by your enemies. You're going to be overrun. You turn away from me. I'm going to let you have your own devices. What do we have? We have this, this guy in the White House, Joe Biden, this, this, this figurehead who just said this. This man just said this after he ran for president saying he would stop the COVID in its tracks. He just said this. Look, there is no federal solution. This gets solved at a state level. What? After two years of playing this game that the feds can stop it, is Joe Biden going to be held for account for that? No, because the New York Times... They put their toe up on the line with the Antifa thing. They've been all in, all in, pushing the COVID response hoax. But now I'm going to show you the New York Times crossing the line completely, utterly, inarguably crossing the line. And the question is, with the New York Times readership plummeting, as so many of these other sites are, New York Times down 34%. Why won't they stop? Why won't they actually be honest journalists? Have they forgotten how? No, because from time to time they do it. It requires psychological immunity to accept the answer as to why these companies aren't turning back. My friend Dave the Digital at greenhaveninteractive.com. He fixed our Google problem in like two weeks. When we took the show private and got away from um, from corporate radio, we lost our Google position. Dave got it back in a couple of weeks. And that's really important as people search for the show. We gain a lot of listeners because people search for the show. And that's a great way for us to gain listeners. If you found us through a web search, a lot of that came because of Dave the Digital at GreenhavenInteractive.com. He can do the same thing for your small to medium-sized business. He likes to work with small to medium-sized businesses. And what he does is helps people find you and then helps you find the right people, turn them into buyers and then evangelists. So if you've got a terrific product, and Dave wants to make sure you have a terrific product, by the way, go to greenhaveninteractive.com. Dave can help you find the right people. And in a world of tech dominated by leftists and atheists, Dave is a Christian and the conservative is happy to talk to you about that as well. So here's the New York Times utterly crossing the line. And this is now not just an issue of psychological immunity. It's an issue of being, what do they say, as as clever as a serpent and as gentle as a dove. This is hard. Because the serpent, but the devil is very clever, but he is not gentle. Well, he's seductive, but he's not gentle. This requires us to be both. New York Times got caught And a judge went after them. And the judge went to the New York Times and said, you are going to destroy 
the privileged communication you got between James O'Keefe and his colleagues and former colleagues and their lawyers because you got it in an irregular way. And you shouldn't have had it and you shouldn't have published it and it should have never gone into your newspaper. This puts O'Keefe on a footing, by the way, to now sue the Times for more because he's already suing them. And man, he is beating them in court. And can we take a moment for just a second to be thankful to the Lord? Psychological immunity. Thank you, Lord, for the presence of judges who don't put their hands on the scale. Thank you, Lord. For brave judges willing to stand up and say, no, you don't get to use stolen legal advice of a company you're in court with. This isn't James O'Keefe going out and discovering documents or having documents set by a source. This is the New York Times who's in a court battle with these guys. And they almost certainly got this stuff from the FBI. Who works with the party to crush people who oppose the party and James O'Keefe opposes the party. This is the New York Times working hand-in-hand with the government. Journalist jobs are not to work hand-in-hand with the government. This is the New York Times who worked with the FBI on the Russia hoax. This is the New York Times that works with the DOJ on the race hoax. This is the New York Times that works with the DOJ on the there's an army of white supremacists ready to seize control of the nation hoax. This is the New York Times hand in hand with the party repeating and amplifying without a hint of skepticism in the words of the party. And in this case, it's the FBI saying, hey, Papa's going to give you back some love. You know, Project Veritas is beating you in court. We're going to give you the names of their donors. We're going to go get it. We're going to break the door down. We're going to kick in with a warrant. We're going to take James O'Keefe's phones and files and paperwork and reporter's notebooks. And there used to be a time where the New York Times would say, you took a reporter's notebook. This is a chill on the First Amendment, but not now. So what do we do? Clever as a serpent, gentle as a dove. More of this. We have an opportunity to be the media. Because they're not going to change. Guys, they're not going to change. All the readership down, all the viewership down. It took me prayerful consideration to say, why won't they change? And then it hit me. And I figured it out. God gave me the answer. It's because they don't care about ad revenue. It's nice to have, but it's not a must have. The next hour of this podcast, I'm going to explain what I mean by that. Because basically the companies who own the most, the, the, the highest number of shares in these media companies, they're saying, guys, stop bending over to pick up a hundred billion bucks. Who cares? We're talking about trillions. What do you, what do you care about a hundred million? Takes much, just as much time to manage a hundred million dollar department is it does a trillion dollar department. So we'll get to that psychological immunity. You can serve only one master. Money is not the root of all evil. In fact, the Bible's big fan of smart investments because they return fruits to God as long as you're tithing. But if you have money as a master, look what it turns you into. If you have power, earthly power as a master, look what it turns you into. Psychological immunity. Why are we storing up treasures on earth where thieves can get at them and moths can eat them? 
Next example. This is not, this is not a story from last year or from September. This is a story from this weekend. This is Jonathan Carl from ABC News this weekend. Well, probably this is, no, I'm sorry, I got that wrong. And that's coming up next. This is a woman from CBS News from this weekend. And again, it's not last year. It's not two years ago. Her name is Jan Crawford. She's being applauded. Her friends in the media are applauding her for bravely speaking out. Listen to this woman. And this is almost 2022. The Great Reset began in March of 2020. This woman is being heralded as uh, heralded as brilliant and brave for speaking these words a year and a half, a year and three quarters after the deadly, medically useless, politically advantageous lockdowns of school children's but school children, but not abortion clinics began. Well, I want to get to underreported stories uh, as well, Jan. Oh, for me, I mean, my kids hear me rant about this every day, so I may as well tell you guys. It's it's the crushing impact that our COVID policies have had on young kids and children. Mm -hmm. Uh, By far, you know, the least serious risk for serious illness. Uh, But, I mean, even teenagers, you know, a healthy teenager has a one in a million chance of getting and dying from COVID, which is way lower than you know, dying in a car wreck on a road trip. Uh, but they have suffered and sacrificed the most, especially kids in underrepresented, at-risk communities. And now we have the Surgeon General saying there's a mental health crisis mm-hmm. among our kids. Uh, the risk of suicide girl, suicide attempts among girls now up 51% this year. Uh, black kids uh, nearly twice as likely as, as white kids to die by suicide. I mean, school closures, lockdowns, cancellation of sports. You couldn't even go on a playground in the D.C. area uh, without cops scurrying, uh, getting, shooing the kids off. Tremendous negative impact on kids. And it's been an afterthought. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's hurt their dreams, their future, learning loss, risk of abuse, their mental health. And now with our knowledge, our vaccines, uh, if our policies don't reflect a more measured and reasonable approach for our children, mm-hmm. they will be paying for our generation's decisions uh, the rest of their lives. Psychological immunity. Are they lying about God's world? Psychological immunity. Did God create immune systems? He did. When a bunch of people get an immunity to a virus, does it create herd immunity? It does. Did the World Health Organization pretend there's no such thing as herd immunity? They did. Did Tony Fauci pretend that having this virus and overcoming it doesn't equal immunity? He did and he does. Has there ever been a time where kids are at risk from this virus? No. In fact, a study I'll share with you tomorrow indicates that it's dramatically, kids are dramatically more likely to be hospitalized by the influenza, by influenza and, and uh, the measles than COVID. Has it ever changed? No. Has there ever been any indication that kids are at risk from this? No. Did the media make several attempts to scare people into believing kids are at risk from this? Yes. They took Kawasaki syndrome, which is makes people very, very vulnerable to respiratory viruses, and they pretended it was COVID that was getting those kids very sick. They lied. 
Anytime a kid has died from this, they'll seek it out and say, see, COVID killed this kid. No, it didn't. The kid was on kidney dialysis. The kid had Kawasaki syndrome and a host of other issues. COVID did not kill the kid. The kid would have died had they got influenza. It's deeply sad. And no, it wasn't COVID. Psychological immunity. But then there's also this. That woman being regarded now as brave, having spoken out two years after we began speaking out, that woman who ignored, and I'm not saying I'm guessing, I talked to one of the three founders of the Great Barrington Declaration, Dr. Martin Kolderf, after I had him on my radio program, and I asked him, is it hard to get in the media? He said, it's impossible. He goes, you're one of the few mainstream media people who have me on. My radio show emanated from Seattle, courtesy of Rush Limbaugh. God rest him, we had a national audience. Courtesy of you, we have a national audience now. Even It's even larger, thanks to you. Thank you for that. But he couldn't even get in Newsweek. And they were saying that a year and a half ago. And this woman at CBS acts like this was not it's outside of her control. She's the legal analyst for CBS. She could have done a story. If her network wouldn't air it, she could have gone independent like Cheryl Atkinson. And, and she could have aired it. She could have gone independent like we've done and aired it. And she didn't, to my knowledge. No greater love hath man than to lay down his life for his brother psychological immunity. Was she willing to do that? No. Are you? A bunch of you are fired cops. I love you. I got a bunch of notes this weekend from fired cops. Thank you. You're laying down your life. Not, not, Not your existence, but this life you've built for us. And here's the topper to all this. And this is a hint and a tease for next hour's podcast. Why won't the media change? Why won't they play it straight? New study shows that the Pfizer-Moderna, quote, vaccines dramatically increase heart attack risk. It's from a renowned cardiologist. This guy is a pioneer in heart transplants for infants. So sad that that happens. His name is Dr. Stephen Gundry, pioneer in infant heart transplant surgery. He concludes that the mRNA, quote, vaccines dramatically increase inflammation of of parts of the body, this um, endothelium and T-cell infiltration uh, infiltration of cardiac muscle may account for the observation of increased thrombosis, cardiomyopathy, other vascular events following vaccination, so-called vaccination. He's telling people that long-term, these injections are going to lead to more heart attacks. What did Pfizer just buy for 600 some billion dollars? A company with a cure for that. That treats thrombosis. And heart ailments like that. Item two. A new study indicates that the so-called COVID vaccines, they're not vaccines, Damage your immune system likely permanently. Then this one, all this stuff is linked in your podcast app. You can go look at this too. This is at, this is a study that indicates it steals your body's ability to make immunity to SARS. 
meaning you'll have to get injected every 30 days. The brave, brave journalist from CBS spoke about kids, mostly, well, or, or large, large increase in girls becoming so depressed they want to kill themselves, so anxious they want to kill themselves. Guess who has a cure for that? Big Pharma. With newly formulated pills that are more addictive than heroin. The kids can be addicted to for the rest of their life and the step down process on this, and you'll have to trust me when I tell you this, is agonizing. And it seems never ending. So they can help the kids. Oh, we'll get them addicted to drugs. What else do they get kids addicted to? Oh, you want to look like a boy because you've been sold. You've been lied to. People have said, no, your body's not made in the image of God. Your body's whatever it wants to be. No, God did not make man and woman. Some people are born in the wrong body. Hey, we'll shoot you up with wrong sex hormones. You're going to look like a ripped dude. And when you turn 25 and you say, I want my breasts back. I want my vagina back. I want, I want my ovaries back. I want to give birth. We're going to go, nah, sorry. Ha! Better keep taking that testosterone. Or the illusion's gone. It's a nice illusion you got there. Be ashamed someone did something to it. Like cut you off your testosterone. Or, dude, you want to keep looking like a pretty woman. You gotta keep that estrogen flowing. It's a hint on why they won't back off. You can write to us at the ToddHermanShow.com. One other thing that we would really appreciate. Our download numbers are great. Our review, our reviews are fantastic. We could really use more reviews particularly of the five-star quality. I mean, be honest. I don't want you to review the show well if you don't like the show, and I don't think you would. I think you'd probably go, oh, I'll review the heck out of it. I hate the show. But for people who like the show, if you can just on your podcast app, just drop it a rating. You don't have to write anything unless you want to. That's great too. That does add credibility to it. But that's a way to get the podcast purveyors. Well, that's not true. Distributors to give us more love. Um, that They look at that and they see it as a quality podcast. So that's one thing that you could do for us. Before we get to the next hour, I do want to get to a note because it is sort of a lead into the next hour. And it's a little bit focused on me. And in that way, it makes me a little bit uncomfortable, but it's really a question for all of us. It comes from Jody. Dear Todd, and Jody goes on with some wonderful things and speaking that she feels I don't have ulterior motives. Really beautiful things, she says. And I really appreciate that. She continues, the Lord has shown me some of your struggles and I've been praying for you. They're actually very familiar to me from my own journey with God. All these struggles are actually between you and God. That's an interesting thing Jody wrote. All these struggles are actually between you and God. Definitely an inner battle going on. You proclaim, as you've spoken of, I'm not a preacher. And yet you see God is making you one in whatever form he makes it. But you have external pressures to preach spiritual milk instead of solid food. I believe you know God has not made you a spiritual milk preacher, though surely his grace flows through you in speaking bold biblical truth, um, truths, and the spiritual and politics cannot be separated. If you try to separate them or balance them, it won't work. You're not here to please your audience, though the world will say you are. You've also proclaimed, I'm not a prophet. I would not be so sure about that, Todd. I would be very surprised if you've not seen yourself in Jeremiah and some of the other prophets. You remind me very much of Jeremiah and some of the others. One aspect of that is that you would not choose to be a prophet or even think such a thing, but these are exactly the kinds of people God gives the gift of prophecy to humble servants. 
You're going to find out that you'll be unable to water down what you say to make others more comfortable or to seemingly avoid being sued, etc. <laughs> Oh, I just had a discussion with a book publisher about getting sued for something I'm writing. No, real, true story. I really appreciate the dude's honesty, by the way, because he didn't need to do that. He was very honest. As you continue to seek God for his uh, way with his podcast, he will give you the words. I can tell when you're in the spirit and when fear is causing you to quench the spirit, something I know you never desire to do. Trusting him completely through the power of his Holy Spirit is the only way to be true to God that wants you to say with no more apologies or constantly in my mind or in my opinion, but rather will be speaking in confidence what the Lord is speaking through you. God's words are not opinion. There is one truth, God's truth, and you need no proof whatsoever. God never apologizes for his strong words. He knows how to get into the heart and soul and you are his instrument. For this to happen, blessed to walk down this very narrow Lord's path with you, Jody. Jody, I appreciate the note so very much. And folks, this applies to all of us. Specifically to answer Jody in this, and I did. Jody did write back you uh, right back on email. I'm catching up with emails. Jody, I don't see myself in Jeremiah or Isaiah. I don't know the word well enough. I just don't. I'm learning it. Those men knew God's word cold. I don't. So I have no desire to serve up spiritual, you know, sweet milk. It's just that as I learn the word, I'll dig further into it, deeper into it. But I've already been told I need to tone it down. I've already had a lovely note from a listener saying, man, you are, you know what? You're getting pretty fire and brimstone on us. But here's the point that appeals to that, 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 that is actually to all of us. The biggest level of psychological immunity was something my pastor hipped me to. And what Jim told me was, Todd, I think that you've made a turn in life. And, and, and well, I know you have. And I see the spirit working in you. And I believe God is showing you what's going on in the spiritual realm. Because look, we have to be Christians in our walk with God in our church life, in our home life, in our work life, right? And in in the greater world, our communities. But there's a spiritual realm. And what my pastor told me is, Todd, I think that the Lord is showing you what's going on in the spiritual realm. I think he's allowing you to see the movements of things. That's available to you. It is. Being prayerful, Accepting Lord Jesus as your personal Savior, seeking a relationship with Him, starting your days with the Lord. The Lord wants a relationship with you. He doesn't want you to be blindsided by these things. The ultimate form of psychological immunity, guys, it's having the big man, the Lord Almighty, show you that he's dealt with fools and wise fools and rich fools and powerful fools. And he knows already what's going to happen. This is available to you if you want it. So I guess the question is, do you want it? I want it for you. I want it for your kids. Psychological immunity from the party. Neuroplasticity. The word of God replaces the word of parties. The party. Next hour. Why won't the media companies stop? Why won't they stop being biased and non-trustworthy? Talk about that. This is the Todd Herman Show. 
Still be well, be strong, be kind, and please do be right with God.